Welcome to I Finally Get It, where real people share real life lessons so you can have a real good life. Have you ever transitioned from one job to another job and really worried that your skills wouldn't translate? In this episode, we sit down with John Ray Perkins, where he finally got it, where he realized that the skills and the experience he had in his first career translated perfectly into his next one. I'm Jeff Martin, and here's my interview with John Ray Perkins. Let's get it. Hey, hey, it's John Ray. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, I hear that all the time. Funny thing is, I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You are a real estate extraordinaire, right? A real estate agent, right? A real estate agent for about four years now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I first met you in about 2012, and you were our youth minister as our kids were going through St. Pius and school and church there. That's correct. So tell us about your background. Tell us where you come from and, and how'd you how get How far into, back do you want to go? How uh, much time do we have? He was born in, <laughs> now just where'd you grow up? I know when you met Alicia, where, I didn't know if y'all met in college or what, just yeah. So um, I was not born, but I was raised in Opelousas, uh, born in Alexandria. My mom and dad are both from Opelousas. Family owns a business in Opelousas, St. Landry Lumber. Grew up in Opelousas, went to Opelousas Catholic for a period of time, graduated from Opelousas High School, grew up in the youth group at Our Lady Queen of Angels, which is kind of how I got into the church world eventually. And yeah, in high school and into college, a little bit before I was hired into ministry, I worked at the family business, started probably when I was 14, you know, just really stock in the stalls of, of wood, I guess. Did that in the summers. I think my grandpa paid me like $120 a month or something. And I thought I was rich. <laughs> and you were you know, lucky. Like, you were lucky. Oh yeah. And so, and then I guess junior year, I started working there every afternoon after school. I, I, I was into sophomore, junior year. I got my driver's license. If I wanted my own vehicle, I had to pay the gas. I had to pay the insurance, you know, kind of help mom and dad out. And so I started working there. And then when I got into college, I started going in in the mornings before school and I was helping do the building takeoffs from the blueprints. And a lot of that ends up translating today in into real estate. From there, I, I get into ministry because I met a girl at a youth group meeting in Karen Crow and my pastor in Opelousas got transferred to St. Peter's in Karen Crow, which is where I started out in ministry. And he invited me, I think junior year, our youth group had fallen apart or was almost non-existent. He invited me to go on a trip with them. And I met a girl. And so I got involved in the youth group and we didn't work out. But by my sophomore year in college, we got a new pastor there and he wanted to hire a youth minister. And at that point, I had been running the youth group for the lady who was a volunteer who had adopted a kid. So to May of 2000, I got hired at St. Peter's in Karen Crow as the youth minister, which eventually led me to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. So you came to our parish at uh, St. Pius here in Lafayette. And you were the youth minister. And it, it, really, I watched you go up in responsibility. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how much they were paying you, right? <laughs> but you were going up in the ranks and look, running a lot more than just a youth group. Yeah, that's correct. So by the time I left St. Peter's, I was in charge of the youth group and confirmation and a team of volunteers. But St. Peter's and Karen Crow didn't have the budget that St. Pius has. So you kind of did everything, which is how I learned about audiovisual and sound and all that because you had to figure it all out in Karen Crow. And then Jake Echeverria, I don't know if you know Jake. Um, I know the name. He, he was the youth minister at Pius before me and he and I got to be really close friends. He took a position back home and home was Arizona where Life Team was founded and encouraged me to apply 
at St. Pius. And it was a cool experience. I went to my pastor first and gave him an opportunity to keep me there. And for a lot of different reasons, he couldn't. Um, in fact, the morning he was supposed to give me an answer, I was fixing my coffee and Alicia looked at me, my wife, and said, so today's a big day. And I said, yeah. She said, how are you feeling? I said, I'm a little nervous. And she said, why? I said, because if he meets my terms, I don't think I'm supposed to stay. Like in the discernment yeah. process, I just felt the draw to come to Pius. And he didn't. And I had a good cry that day because I knew that a big chapter of my life was ending and I was going to begin this new journey. And so Father Steve and I met a few days later or maybe the next day. And we, we didn't have an interview. We literally sat down for three hours and shared stories about ministry. It was yeah, so good. much fun. And so, and a week later, he met with the council and offered me a position. And at Pius, I took on a lot more responsibility. So we, we started up a middle school program called Edge, really took over confirmation, run at multiple retreats a year. And then in 2017, moved into a more adult ministry role and ended up hiring my successor. So that was a fun, that was a fun gig. Yeah, that was, that was a ride. That's amazing. It's unbelievable doing this show. I, I get to hear people's stories. It's amazing the journey we're all on. And, and there are no mistakes, right? No. I mean, things happen. Yep. And, and you look back and you realize, golly, I was supposed to do that or yeah. I was supposed to be there. It's just, I'm amazed though that you are where you are today because ministry and real estate, I don't know the connection just yet, oh. <laughs> right? but you got there. But I want to hear a little bit more about your family because when I see y'all at church or, or out in town, you got a pretty big family. Sure. Uh, and all the kids. All the kids. And, two plus and two, Alicia. we tell people. Yeah, so, yeah. Two boys, two girls. Two boys, two girls, two teenagers, two toddlers. Oh, wow. So all the same mom and dad. So Alicia and I met, I think it was 2001. She claims we met before then, but I don't remember that. A friend of ours rented a bed and breakfast in Brobridge. We were all ministry people. We were all doing retreats together all the time, talks together, whatnot all in youth ministry. And she said, her name was Alexa. Alexa said, the only thing that I want y'all to do is dress nice. She had it catered. She had a bartender. She had all the things, right? And I'll never forget it. I walked up and it was the first time that I remember meeting Alicia. She was wearing a black shirt, sleeveless and a red skirt. And we talked all night. In fact, I was supposed to be working the stage, like backstage crew for what's the big Abbey Youth Fest. One of the guys who would eventually become a roommate of mine when he left at the seminary was in charge of Abbey Youth Fest and he needed some stage hands. And we were supposed to be in Covington at 7.30 and we didn't leave Lafayette until 7.30 Nice, because I spent most of the night talking to Alicia. I found out she had nine kids and uh, I had the worst pickup line ever. She had nine brothers and nine, sisters. Nine, nine, she was one of nine. Her mom and dad yeah, had nine kids. Correct. So I wanted to just correct that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did not have nine kids. She was the oldest of nine. And so in the conversation, I eventually said, well, look, you must know how to cook and I don't know how. Can I have your number? And uh, <laughs> it was terrible and it worked. <laughs> no, it so, worked. It yeah. worked. So we've been married since 2005. So 18 years now. We have a 15-year-old son, a 13-year-old daughter a seven-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter. Yeah. So it's another career though. A Be, whole another career. <laughs> and you would think 20 years of ministry with high school teenagers would have prepared me to be a parent of a teenager. Yeah. The only thing it did was prepare me for what to look for when they were making dumb decisions. Exactly. <laughs> well, we're going to do another podcast. Yeah. On yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I'm, it's funny you say that because I keep telling Alicia like, hey, we should start a podcast called Teenagers and Toddlers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's like, I don't want to do that. And my 13 year old daughter's like, dad, do it. I said, you realize that it would be all about the dumb decisions you make. I know, but I can <laughs> tell my friends that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's great. 
Well, uh, now I love hearing that. And thanks for sharing that. Because sure. th- those are some of the things is I know you, but I don't know too many details. Yeah. I didn't well, in my family, you know, like if you follow me on social media at all, like my family is my heart. I mean, they're my why. They're the reason Absolutely. I got into real estate, you know? So when you have four kids in Catholic school, you got to try to figure out how to pay for this. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know all about that. So, so let's talk about that transition to real estate for a second. Sure. Because I, I'm, I'm fascinated. Again, I watched you and I knew you in one role and then I watched you move over to Keller Williams. And one of the things that I thought was, you know, it's probably a pretty smart move because he gained the trust of kids and parents for years. Mm-hmm. And so you walked into two generations of people that trust you, know you and like you. And not that you use that as your sure. deal, but but it's really but a, no, there's a, a pretty some truth smart there. move. So in 2015, I kind of started thinking about real estate. I have a sister-in-law who's in real estate sales and uh, was just kind of fascinated when she got in. It coupled with the same time that Alicia and I were adding on 500 square feet to our house. And I had called a buddy of mine who was a real estate agent to say, hey, look, is this a dumb idea? I'm thinking about, we like this house over here, but we really like our neighbors. Are we building too much? And so we kind of ran the numbers and I was fascinated by that conversation, just how he knew like, no, it's cool. Like I can find this house all day long every day, but why don't you explore adding on here, right? So we bought that house for $70,000 in 2005, right? And and we added on 500 square feet and I'm under contract to sell that house today for $215,000. <laughs> so um, so my, my buddy Wes, who I called in 2015, was absolutely correct when he was like, I don't think it's a bad idea to to add on. And so that kind of began the concept. I actually reached out to a friend around that time who was like me. He was what we call dual career. He had a job and he had a real estate license and he was exhausted. Like yeah. I, I'll never forget the conversation. Wes reached out to me shortly after that conversation. And he was like, man, I get a phone call at two o'clock on a Sunday and I got to leave to go show a house. So Wes calls me. He was like, how was your conversation with Brent? And I was like, uh, it's not for me. I'm going to go and I'm going to start speaking. And that's kind of when I started traveling around speaking. I decided to do that. Fast forward to 2019, a couple of things had happened. One, I was now in adult ministry, which didn't move at the same pace as youth ministry. And I have four kids now, three of which are in Catholic school, I think at that time, or I might be a little off on my numbers, but anyway, and trying to figure out how to pay for them. I've been doing these speaking gigs that don't pay a whole lot because I was always conflicted like to promote myself for Jesus, right? Sure. To, to promote myself in real estate is one thing, but to throw it and advertise like, hey, hire me to come and do whatever, right? I, I never really liked that much. And so 2019 was the first year that we, by this point, we had had a little bit of money in the bank. Everything that I was doing speaking was in the bank. We had learned to not subsidize that. And Alicia was a teacher and I was working for the church. And then two vehicles went in the shop. Two kids got sick and had medical bills and faster than we earned it, it was gone. And I told Alicia, I was like, babe, something's got to give, you know, and bless her heart from 2012, 2012, I had started discerning out of ministry before taking the job at Pius. And she's been so supportive of that journey to be married to a lay minister in the church is difficult, especially when you have kids. She would tell you that a lot of times she felt like she was a single mom because I was out doing retreats for weeks at a time. I was never home in the summers. People would look at me at the end of the school year and they're like, oh, you ready for a break this summer? I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like this is my busy time, you know? And so, so I called Wes up and I was like, hey, let's talk about what this could look like. And it's funny, you brought up the connections that I had made over the years because so did he. He and I sat in his office for about three hours and he said, John Ray, people do real estate 
with people that they know and trust. And he said, you've built a lifetime building trust. So people are going to find out that you're selling real estate and they're going to be upgrading their house. They're going to be buying their first house and they're going to reach out to you. And he said, that's going to happen. Let's put that on the shelf. He said, but I want you to think about all the people that over the years have fallen away from the church. Maybe they're angry at God. Maybe they're in a bad marriage, maybe a bad relationship. He said, and now they're reaching out to you to help with this real estate transaction, but your relationship with them supersedes that. Wow. And that was the thing that as I discerned, do I do this? God kept bringing me back to. And in four years, Jeff, I can't tell you how many times that scenario has played itself out. Even with people I called because they might've been wanting to sell a house and they weren't quite ready, but we reconnected and they end up in my office sharing with me what's going on in their life. And as I did when they were in high school, help them kind of work through those details. We still haven't done a transaction together, but God has utilized that over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, <laughs> what I'm hearing is even though you transitioned out and, and you're not hundred percent out of ministry, you went to real estate and you're still finding that God's working through you in real estate. Yeah. 100%. That's a aha moment. That's, that's the aha. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's been my biggest aha, to be honest. It's just, it was sitting actually in a podcast interview, one of our staff members. So KW is consistent of real estate agents. And then we have our staff and leadership, right? Yeah. And so one of our accountants had started a podcast called Two Stories, play off of a two-story house, but what was your story before real estate and what's your story in real estate? And I'd been listening to her podcast. She was great at interviewing people. She had a fantastic podcast voice. And so her and I are sitting there and literally all she's asking me about is my Catholic faith. Wow. And that was my aha in all of this. Just because we do ministry and we love our faith and we love the Lord and all of this doesn't mean that God is going to limit himself to my ability to do ministry at a church just because I'm selling real estate or whatever, wherever life takes me from here, I am who I am. And that's not going to change no matter what I'm doing. Yeah, no doubt about it. So it's it's been a great journey. I've had the opportunity, I would say, to do more ministry in almost even more intimate ways in real estate. Because when you're in a real estate transaction, people open their life up to you. I mean, it's one of the biggest transactions that they'll ever do. I've been in it where marriages have fallen apart and we had to help like During in the middle the of the transaction. Yep. <laughs> I've been invited into it because the marriage had fallen apart already and we got to navigate those waters. I've watched marriages come back together in the transaction. Like I've been able to witness to pe- to non-believers in, in a gentle way. Yeah. I mean, because that's who I am. There was a, a guy who called me up to show him a house and I told him, oh yeah, I'm at Pius five minutes away. You tell me when you can be there and I'll meet you there. And when I got there, he said, what, what were you doing at St. Pius? I said, well, I'm the director of adult formation. That's what I did at that time. He said, oh, well, I don't believe in God. I said, it's, it's okay. I don't need you to believe in God, you know, to buy a house. Just know that that doesn't change who I am. And this was February of 2020, right before the world shut down. Mm -hmm. We wrote an offer on that house, despite me telling him over and over and over again, I didn't like that house. And he lost. And this was before multiple offers, this was before all of that. And it went into a multiple offer and he lost. And in April of 2020, I got a call from that agent and she said, hey, where's your buyer? And I was like, I don't know. Let me call him up. So I called him up and he was back in California where he was from. And he was like, you know, my dad had prostate cancer and my sister had breast cancer. And that's why we were moving to Louisiana. But we hate Louisiana. The weather sucks, (laughs) he said. And they're both in remission now. So our reasons have changed. And I said, you know, I know you told me you didn't believe in God, but I believe God protected you from putting a contract because he knew your reasons were going to change. And Jeff, there was a pause in that conversation. 
I don't think it changed that guy's life, but he stopped long enough to think about it. He stopped. You know, yep. there's been so many opportunities for ministry inside the business world. It's really blown me away. That's amazing. That's amazing. I appreciate you uh, sharing that. So have you enjoyed this transition? Because look, y'all do ads mm-hmm. and I see the the leading agents and you have all these agents and I see John Ray up at the top. It's crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, what has been the secret? I mean, because look, you you do great job marketing. You're doing your own social media things, and, mm-hmm. and you're killing it. But what what has been the secret? It's almost like you were built for this. Yeah, it's crazy because we do a personality assessment. Like Keller Williams has their own, and call it a KPA. And I don't rank as a real estate agent at all. You wouldn't be shocked by this. I rank in staff and leadership. It's what I've done for 20 years, but. I think I think what has allowed my business to be so successful is that I've established these relationships for 20 years. Most of my business comes from people I know. A lot of it comes from people that I've done ministry with. And then the people that I just meet by knocking on their door or you give me a, a, a name of somebody like the way that I approach my ministry for 20 years is how I approach my business, you know? And so Look, that, I, that might be another <laughs> moment. Yeah, it could be. It's you know? true. Um, you, you just, you treat people well, you know, and somebody posted something the other day, people over commissions, like an agent posted that. And what I've learned is there's always going to be another house. My job is to make sure you make the most informed decision that you can make. And if it's not this house, we're going to find you another one. And so in the multiple listing service, they list whatever compensation they're offering. If I'm representing a buyer, I don't even look at the commission because it's not about that. It's what funds my life and keeps my kids fed and pays for their tuition that's all going to work itself out. I know that if I take care of you, then you're going to get conflicted when your sister-in-law becomes a real estate agent. Because I I had somebody that just texted me recently whose sister-in-law just sold the house that I helped them buy. And and they they said, man, if she wouldn't have been like, you would have been our first call. We just, we wanted to make sure that you knew we still value your opinion and all of that. Right. And so it kind of made me feel good. Like, Hey, their sister-in-law's an agent, but they had such a good experience in that transaction. They literally got conflicted. I'm glad they chose their sister-in-law because they should have, you know, but that's how I approach my business. Just making sure that you have a great experience, that you know that I put your needs first and foremost in this whole transaction. And I think that's where my success has come from. So how long have you been at it, real estate now? Since September of 2019, almost four years. About four years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're rocking it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like I I mentioned the slow pace of adult ministry, right? Adult formation is at least in the Catholic church. I don't know what it would be like in any other church, but in the Catholic faith is more management of volunteers and management of volunteer groups. And there's not a whole lot of creating a retreat experience or watching. I can meet a teenager on a Wednesday at school, at a school lunch. And by Sunday night, I can watch them give their life to the Lord. That's just how quick it can move. But with adults, we don't have those opportunities over and over again. I can't just show up at your work and hang out. And so real estate has been that high pace because it's always different. It's always moving. I'm constantly meeting people and I continue to get to share my faith with them. Did you think that you would be sharing your faith when you were thinking about moving? Because you, you moved to help support your family and you retained your job at the church. But did you think you would bring that into that at all? No. In fact, I was cautioned against it um, yeah, sure. by people in the church world. Um, like, be careful how you bring your faith. You know, that may be offensive to people and whatever. One of the conversations that I had with Wes about that whole scenario when he and I were talking was that, hey, look, you're going to reestablish this. And when I brought up what Brent had told me about, man, I don't want to get a phone call at two o'clock on a Sunday and like have to drop everything to go show this house. He said, man, 
you ever walked into a doctor's office and demanded an appointment? I was like, no. He said, because you called them and you scheduled them. And I was like, yeah. And he said, they probably told you when they would be available. I was like, absolutely. He said, you can drop everything and, and there are going to be clients that expect you to do that. And he said, maybe those just aren't your clients. And and that's translated in so many different ways. My faith is part of who I am. You can look at my social media and you can see that everything about my faith is everything about my life, really. I get picked on by Alicia's family because I probably post too many things. But my faith is a big part of who I am. And if that's offensive to you, we just don't need We're to do not business. A right fit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Go find somebody that isn't going to offend you because this is who I am. You know, this show is a lot about struggle and discovery and then life after. Did you struggle with any of these decisions to move from your ministry to like a totally different world? So that's a great question. What I can tell you is I took a class in October of 2019. It's called Bold. It's a class that KW does probably two or three times a year. And and the class is all about mindset. I know that now. I didn't know that then. And this class, the coach for this class, so it's a group coaching concept that takes place a day, a week, over seven weeks. So we spent about six hours or so with a coach. The coach for this class was a former minister in another church who left ministry and got into car sales. And then that led him into real estate, which led him into coaching real estate agents. And it was interesting because I hadn't had a closing. like That class ended and I still hadn't had my first closing. I think I put my first house under contract during that class. But you start to see, you know, like they they do these thermostat whatevers. You start to see and you hang around with enough real estate agents who are successful and you start to realize that, man, you can make some money doing this. And at this point, I'm 39 years old thinking, man, the ship sailed. Like I'm I'm way too late, (laughs) you know? And my goal in real estate was literally to sell 10 houses a year. Ministry was going to still be the thing that I did. And real estate was just going to take Catholic school tuition off the budget. So I kind of started feeling this nudge, man, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. This is fun. There was an attraction. And in that whole process, I sat down with the coach and asked him, hey, what was that? Like, when did you know? Because those questions were starting to come up in my heart. And this is what I realized in that process was in 2012, when I got a phone call to discern another position, not pious, that was the first time in 12 years that I ever even thought about leaving St. Peter's and Karen Crow. Well, that position didn't work out. And then three weeks after I find out that position wasn't going to open, I got a phone call from Jake to apply for Pius. And then in 2017, Father Steve offers me a new position outside of youth ministry. And now we are in 2019 where I'm trying to just fund my life. And what I realized was that process started in 2012. Like God moved me to Pius to begin the process of softening and, and helping me realize that my identity didn't need to belong in what I did. He is still who he is in my life and I am still who I am, whether I'm ministering in the church or I'm selling real estate or I'm investing in rental properties or wherever life takes me. Staff and leadership at Keller Williams is part of the the journey or wherever it takes me, I'm going to be who I am no matter what. And so there was a lot of thinking about that whole process of like, man, this is different and I like it and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you, I didn't interrupt you. But I have to, I have to hit my light, right? Because I just had a light bulb moment. Be who you are, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. No matter where you are yeah. in your journey, just be you. And, yeah. and that's amazing to me. That's beautiful. Thank you. 
it, it's been, I mean, so many moments of just clarity. And I still work for the church. In fact, I'm leaving here to go to a meeting when we're done. And and a lot of what I've learned in this journey, I've been able to help on the church side of the house. Oh, wait, this is how we would do it in the business world, right? So yeah. maybe we should, oh, wait, this is how, you know, we're, we're having conversations about sending baptism cards to people to celebrate their baptismal anniversaries. Little things that I do in my business to send a home anniversary card are, there's just so many things that like, if I'm doing that in the business world, how cool would it be if the church took that initiative? It's just a touch. It's a touch. And it it says, we see you. Exactly. You know, and congratulations. That's huge. Yeah. Great. And I used to tell the confirmation candidates, like find out your baptismal birth date and then celebrate it because it's more important than your birthday. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's great. So if you had someone that you were mentoring and you were working with them, as somebody who's listening to the, this podcast, what would you tell them? You know what I mean? Kind of like parting wisdom, little guidance. What would you tell them if they were going through a transition, which you certainly did a mm-hmm. career transition? What would you share with them? So they either shortcut their success or avoid failure. Don't be afraid of failure. Yeah. Don't be afraid to, I think the thing that locks us into the things that we do is we're, we're very risk adverse and it would have been easy for me to just say, oh no, I can't do that. Don't be afraid to fail. Just go and do it because any failure is just an opportunity to learn if you keep moving. And God is already in the future. He's waiting for us to just live into where he's already is. And, and I've learned that through COVID. I've learned that through this transition from being a full-time minister in the church to being a full-time real estate agent. So many times I think about Jeff's story with COVID. Like God lived into the future with him. God was planning for Jeff to get COVID two years before he ever got COVID. That's a whole nother story, but don't be afraid to, to just go and do. And then when you're moving into the new thing, surround yourself by the experts. So that was something that I did at KW was if you were the number one agent well, if I had a question, I was going to ask you, don't be intimidated to go ask the people that are experts in the field and then go do whatever they tell you. You yeah. know, that number one agent who I wasn't afraid to ask, she told me she was like 38 when she got into real estate. And she said, I just did what they told me to do. And she said, if they told me to go stand on my head in the parking lot, I didn't ask them why I just did it because a top producer told me to do it. So wherever the journey's leading you, Find the peace and the decision and then go and then surround yourself with people who are going to help you be successful in wherever that is. Yeah, that is great advice. I don't care who you are, what you're trying to do. That's amazing advice. So I always like to give you the last word. You've said a lot and I've learned from you, which I do pretty much every time I talk with you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but Mother Teresa said, when, when people encounter us, you want to leave them different and better. Your journey and your transition, I, I just like to ask and give you the last word. When you encounter folks or, or people come to you, how do you leave them different and better just because they met you? Hmm. So I was at camp one summer. I had taken a group of teens. I think it was the first summer that I would ever speak at camp. And so I was glad I got to go as a youth minister. So I got to hear all the talks got to steal a few ideas, but I was talking to the camp host. His name was Jimmy. I'd just met Jimmy, but I'd seen him at several different situations because he was on the national circuit of speakers. And he said something that I didn't realize about myself. He said, man, I just feel like I can rest in your presence. He said, there's just something about who you are that just invites me to rest. And since he said that, I've always been very mindful about my demeanor around people because that's what I want. I want people to just be able to relax. So if we're in a real estate transaction, there's emotions, there's 
fears, there's anxiety. I want to help you to just relax. And if we're talking about Jesus and you're unsure about what's going on in your life and where is he, and I just want you to relax because I'm here. And so I'm, I'm mindful of that when I'm in front of people. Thanks for joining us this week on I Finally Get It. To check out what John Ray's up to, visit our show notes at ifinallygetit.com. You're going to want to tune in next week when we sit down with Carol Trosclair and she shares the moment she finally got it. Carol is a dynamo. She is everywhere in our community. I really believe she could write a book on community engagement. Make sure to visit ifinallygetit.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel or download our podcast on any of the podcast platforms you listen to. Until next time, learn real life lessons so you can have a real good life.